you know, I, I watch those and I say, they should not be that difficult, right? Um, I tried a few of them and they're harder than they look. Were any of you trying them when you were watching the video there? You know, however they go. One thing I cannot do, I cannot talk and write at the same time. I've also learned that I cannot talk in text at the same time. Just does not work for me. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you thought to yourself, it should not be this difficult? Let me give you an example. When you call tech support. Yeah, you know, you, you dial the number, then you're on hold for 22 minutes, right? And then someone comes on the phone, and you feel like you have to have a Ph.D. in computer science in order to be able to get through that conversation because you don't understand the language they're speaking and so on. Wouldn't it be nice if, it, if you called tech support, you know, maybe your Internet, your, um, you know, your Wi-Fi, your computer, your TV service, whatever it is. Wouldn't it be nice if when you called them, the phone conversation went like this. You call, and on the third ring, someone, a real person, answers the phone, and they go, Hello, how may I help you? And you go, well, I'm having trouble with my internet. And they say, oh, okay, go over to that black box. Do you see the blue light flashing? And you go, yes. And they say, press the green button. And you press the green button. They go, you're good to go. Have a nice day. Shouldn't every tech support phone call go that way, right? Yeah, it shouldn't be that difficult. Well, you know, there are times where people go to church and they leave thinking it shouldn't be this difficult. Now, when they say that, they usually don't ask, make that statement, but they'll say things like, you know, it's just out of touch with my life. Or, or they'll say, it's just kind of boring. I'm just not connecting with it. Or maybe they'll say, it's so condemning. You know, I feel like I'm being preached at. I feel worse when I leave than when I came in that happened to me, honestly, I don't think I would go either. And so we want to be a church that doesn't make it complicated, that doesn't make it that difficult. Now, 2,000 years ago, the first generation church also began to make it difficult for people. And so people were checking out and people were saying, hey, I really don't need this. There's a book in the Bible. The book is called Acts. It's actually the fifth book of the New Testament. Now, the New Testament is the second half of the Bible, and the fifth book then is Acts. The first four books are about the life of Jesus, his teachings, what he did, and so on. So after Jesus went back to heaven, that fifth book records what happened after he went back to heaven. And people were getting together. They were getting together to study Jesus' teaching. They were getting together to talk about how they could live a life to follow Jesus' example. And these little groups of people that get together became known as churches. And so that's what the book of Acts is all about. And re remember this too. Jesus grew up Jewish. In other words, he grew up in a Jewish home, raised by Jewish parents. So he followed Jewish customs and habits. He ate Jewish food. He followed Jewish rules and regulations, religious rules and regulations. He went to the synagogue, which was the Jewish church. But in the book of Acts, you, the, the challenge you find is when Jesus came, even though he was Jewish, his message was for everybody. He said that anyone who 
accepts him, who has faith in him, could find love and forgiveness and grace in their lives. And everybody who wasn't Jewish was called a Gentile. And so all these Gentiles start coming into the church. And that's when things got complicated. Because these people from the Jewish tradition, who for hundreds and hundreds of years had had these traditions and these religious laws and customs in place, all of a sudden, these Gentiles were coming into their churches and they weren't following them. And the Jewish people were struggling with that. The fact that they weren't following their religious habits and customs and so on. You know, the problem was this. For the Jewish people, even they had trouble following their own religious rules and regulations. And so if a Gentile tried to keep all their rules and regulations, it would have taken them a lifetime and they still wouldn't have gotten it right. So these Gentiles were coming into their churches called synagogues. And because they weren't following their rules and regulations, there was conflict, there was tension, and things got messy. I want to give you one example this morning, going back to that book that we said is Acts, because in the 15th chapter of that book, it's recorded this conflict that took place. And so I want to give you one example of one of those Jewish regulations. It's recorded in Acts 15, verse 1, and this is what they were trying to tell the Gentiles who were coming into the church that they had to do. They said this, this is Acts 15, 1, unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, You cannot be saved. Now, you know, all these Jewish laws and rules and regulations, you know, like keeping the Sabbath. A Gentile might go, well, you know, keep the Sabbath. Let's see, 6 p.m. Friday to 6 p.m. Saturday. I might be able to pull that one off. Jewish dietary rules and regulations and stuff about food. You know, a Gentile might go on, you're telling me I have to give up bacon? Yeah. Man, I like my bacon. I don't know about that. But when they told the adult men, you have to be circumcised to be saved, they were checking out. They were saying, I don't think this is going to happen. So the bottom line was this. In the synagogues, when they were having those new member classes, they had a bunch of ladies, but the men were waiting out in the car. And that wasn't working out. So the church leaders had to get together, and they said, what are we going to do about this problem? The church leaders there in Jerusalem. And um, like we said, the, the early church started in Jerusalem, this first generation church, because obviously that's um, where, where all the events had happened. And so it started there in Jerusalem. It was full of Jewish people, but then the Gentiles started coming in. But that church in Jerusalem got together, and there was a leader by the name of James. He was actually the half-brother of Jesus, and he was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And, and a bunch of the leaders got together and began debating what they should do. Should we put all these Jewish rules and regulations on these Gentiles who are coming into the church? They debated it, and here's the conclusion they came to. This is Acts 15, verse 19. They said, and this is James talking. He says, so it is my judgment that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. We should not make it difficult. So they sent this email out to all the churches in all the areas. And that's essentially what they said. We're not going to make it difficult. The Gentiles do not have to follow our rules and regulations. Obviously, this was well received. 
especially by the adult men. And so at that point, a Gentile could realize that if they needed a Savior, if they wanted to have their sins forgiven, if they wanted to become a follower of Jesus, they could come to Jesus just as they were. They didn't have to follow these rules and regulations. In other words, if they would put their faith in what Jesus had done for them when he had died on the cross, they could be adopted into God's family just like a Jewish person could. And, and like I said, this was great news for, for all of them. And so we as a church have said, we don't want people saying no thanks to church. We don't want to make it difficult for people. And so that has been our goal or our mission or our vision. And we haven't always done perfectly with that, but that is what we're striving for. And our vision as a church is to do whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ. That's been our vision statement for many years. In other words, we want to do whatever we can do to point people to Jesus. Why? And we want to do that in a way that's not difficult because God didn't make it difficult. He said, come as you are. And by putting your trust in what Jesus has done for you, you can have forgiveness and you can have a relationship with me and you can have the promise of eternal life with me. And so we want to do the same. And so what I want to do this morning is just show you how we as a church have tried to go about that, what our strategy is, in other words, in doing that. So I want to introduce you to the Davis family. We're going to bring the Davis family out on stage. And you can just imagine this family. They, they go to the Ridge. They already attend the Ridge. They have two little kids, as you can see. Little girl's cute, isn't she? you got to admit. Very cute little girl. They embrace the Ridge's vision. And they know that they can invite their friends to the Ridge 52 Sundays of the year because we plan our services on Sunday morning with your friends in mind, your friends who may not be going to church at the time. Now, their kids happen to play on the same soccer team with another family, um, the Brown family. And so their kids get to know each other. And while the parents are hanging out at the soccer fields, um, the, the Browns and Davises strike up a conversation. And it just so happens that they find out that the Davises go to church. Now, the Browns have never really been against church. They just really haven't had much interest. You know, they went to church when they were kids, but they quit going in high school. And, you know, they just said, well, it's, it's not, it's kind of boring and it really doesn't connect with my life. It's not really making a difference. So they had just kind of checked out on church. But now they're married. Now they have kids. But even so, you know, Sunday morning, they're a busy family. They're very active. And so Sunday mornings are sometimes their only time to kind of sleep in and relax. So they just never got around to it. But the Davises, the parents, as they start talking to the Brown family, they seem like normal enough people. They seem like ordinary people, even though they go to church. So they get to know each other. And they become good friends. They start grilling together. Their kids hang out together. One day, the Davis kids invite the Brown kids to an event that's happening. It's a kids event at the Ridge. And so they go to it. And they have a great time. But the Browns, the parents decide to just tag along. And they do. They hang out with the Davises while their kids are, while their kids are at this event. Their kids love the event. 
And the Browns love the fact that their kids have a good time at this event. Gives them a positive impression of the Reds. And so the Browns tell the Davis family that. So since Easter's coming up, the Davis family decides they're going to invite the Brown family to come to Easter services. The Easter services at the Ridge are always planned for our guests. Plus, you know, Easter Sunday is really the best Sunday of the year to invite some maybe someone who doesn't go to church because um, they're often thinking about it. So when the Davises invite the Brown family, they decide to explain what church is like at the Ridge. And so they tell them, they say, you, you probably don't know, church is a little different at this church. When you walk in, the music you hear is going to be kind of like music you would hear on the radio. And the services, are they're encouraging. They're uplifting. They're going to have a few moments in the service where you can have a smile or where you can have a laugh. And then the teaching pastor, his name just happens to be Josh. Um, he's going to give a conversation that'll be, or he's going to give a sermon that's going to be very conversational. It's going to be easy to understand, and they're going to find that it also connects with their everyday life. And they tell the Brown family to dress casually. They can come as they are, and they say, hey, your kids are going to have a blast in the Ridge Kids programs. By the way, I think we need to give Josh a little different look here, all right? We need to dress him up just a little bit, all right? There. That, that looks much more like Josh, doesn't it? Wouldn't you agree? Oh, oh yeah, we do not want to forget this, right? <laughs> can, can you imagine anybody wearing shoes like this? Yeah, 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 we can. Josh does, okay, so um, let's... There we go, there we go. Much better. Good morning, Josh. Good-looking guy, isn't he? Um, the Davises are a little nervous when they bring the Browns for the first time because they want everything to be just right at the church. They want the church to look great. And when they arrive, it does. The parking lot attendants are very friendly, and they help them find just the right place to park. As as they walk up to the facility, the facility looks beautiful. You know, it's just been recently landscaped for the spring. The greeters have a smile on their face as they walk into church. The volunteers that are checking their kids into the Ridge Kids programs are welcoming. They're friendly. In fact, when the uh, brown kids walk into the hub, they hear this rocket music going, and they see this inflatable that looks really cool, and they're ready to go in, and they're excited. And so the parents, the brown parents, are really excited about their kids going there too. So the facilities look current. They look inviting. And when they walk into the auditorium, the stage design catches their eyes. They didn't expect to see this in church. And then when the band starts playing, they think, this is more like it. You know, and the band rocks the music that day, and they love it. Usually, James Young, our worship leader, our music pastor, is the one leading worship. Now, this morning, James Simon and Antonio did that, but we need to give James Young the right look as well. So, there we go. So they love the music. And as they leave those Easter services, Mr. Brown says to Mr. Davis, he says, wow, I really didn't expect church to be like that. Now, we hear stories like that, real stories, quite regularly. Let me share one with you. This is the experience that someone shared with me. They sent it to me as an email. They had been on stage here 
at our church that morning. They happened to be in a store that afternoon. And someone who had come for the very first time that morning walked up to them and talked to them about their experience at church. And so let me share it to you through her words, the lady who emailed me. This is the lady who attends the Ridge. She said this, A woman stopped me in a store because she had seen me at church. She told me that today was her first time at the Ridge. She said she had come with a friend who is going through a difficult time. She added that she really appreciated what was said today. We had a nice conversation about her experience. She shared that the second she, from the second she walked into the door to when she left, it felt very welcoming. She said that she had just planned to come to support her friend, but quickly realized that she needed to come too. She was so excited to tell me that she had such a good feeling at the Ridge and that she and her friend had been texting back and forth about going together next week. In fact, they were going to invite another friend to come. That's a real story. And that's why we do what we do. We don't want to make it difficult for you to invite your friends because God didn't make it difficult for us to accept Jesus into our lives. In fact, quite the opposite. We want to do whatever it takes. Now, back to the Brown family. They start attending regularly. And so let's fast forward a few months here. While they're at church one Sunday, the Connections pastor, who happens to be named Adam, tells everybody that they should consider being in a life group, a small group, if they're not in one. Adam says that groups are about learning about God, praying together, and just doing life together. We need to give Adam a better look too, don't we? There we go. (laughs) Now, you have to admit, that is one good-looking group of pastors, isn't it? Well, the Davis family is already in a group, a life group, a small group. And the Browns find out that they are. So the Davises invite the Browns to join their group, and they do. There are five other people already in the group. Um, there are two couples and a single lady in the group as well. And so they all, the Browns join that group. And when they do, they find out that they're in a group with ordinary people just like they are, facing the same kind of challenges they do, but they're doing life together just like Adam said. They have fun in their group. They eat some food together. They pray about things that are happening in their lives, and they study the Bible. The Browns are starting to learn about God in meaningful ways. And this group even begins to hang out with each other outside of their life group together. You know, my wife and I um, absolutely love being part of the group we're part of. We, there are five couples in our group. Four of those couples are in their 20s or early 30s. And then there's us. And we actually love it. We host it and we talk about things like parenting and marriage because that's what they want to talk about. We went through the Daniel plan as a group here in, you know, in January and February. And if you weren't part of that, the Daniel plan was just an all church focus where we focused on having a healthy lifestyle. And we have a private Facebook page for our group. And one of the group, when we were going through the Daniel plan, posted this on our private Facebook page. And it was a comment about one of the daily readings we were doing. If you were part of that, you'll remember we did those daily readings to encourage us um, throughout that time period. 
We call them devotions. So let me read to you what he posted. Here's what he said. Today's devotion got me thinking about my friends. I wanted to let you know that I am happy to be going through this journey with all of you. Although we are never truly alone in life, thankfully, um, I'm very much appreciative of this group for being here to hold me accountable to the improvements I want to make. See you all this weekend. In other words, it's about doing life together. Um, Recently, the person who wrote that on our Facebook page was baptized here at the Ridge. And so we, as a group, after he was baptized that Sunday morning, we, we gave him a new Bible after he was baptized. And that Sunday night, he opened it up, so excited to read it. He took a picture of the Bible, and he posted it on our Facebook page with this comment. Here's what he said. So excited to read from my new Bible tonight. Thank you to all of you, not only for attending, but being the incredible individuals that you are. I'm grateful beyond words to grow in God with all of you. And thank you to my wonderful wife who has done nothing but encourage my decision to be baptized and also our clo- my closer walk with Jesus. What a tremendous day. That's just one of the many reasons I love being part of a group. So the Browns reach a point where they say, you know what? We understand what Jesus has done for us. We want to accept that into our lives. And they surrender their lives to Jesus. And then they decide to take that next step, that step that's called baptism, because they want to publicly let people know that they're followers of Jesus. The Sunday that they're baptized in church is an exciting day for their group. Um, most of their group sits up front. They cheer louder than anyone, anybody else during the baptism. Adam is even the pastor who ends up baptizing them, so it's very meaningful to them because ba- Adam was the one who first encouraged them to be in a life group. Way to go, buddy. All right. Pretty soon, Mr. Brown is reading the Bible on his own, and he's praying with his family together, and the kids even notice a difference in their parents. They seem to be more at peace. They have joy in their lives. And life isn't necessarily easier, but they face the challenges differently. They face the challenges with hope and with purpose. Now the Browns and the Davises hear about an event going on at the Ridge that's called Inside Out, where people from the Ridge go out into the community and volunteer or serve the community. And so they decide to volunteer too for a work day. They're going to go to this counseling center called 12 stones where they're just going to help work around the property for a day. And while doing that, they meet some more Ridgers who happen to volunteer as well to serve. And the Browns not only feel like they're starting to get connected to people around here, they find out that everybody they meet is just an ordinary person and is just doing life and facing challenges, but they're doing that because they have a relationship with God. You know, I just heard um, of a couple who this last fall became volunteers in our teen youth group. And they have volunteered before in things, but um, they were asked to become teen mentors this year, which just means they have a small group of teens that they're responsible for to encourage them and so on. And so when they were asked to become teen mentors, they said yes. And they actually went on the spring break missions trip with the teens. And from what I understand, they're knocking it out of the park when it comes to investing in the lives of teens at the Ridge. Uh, We just had someone this last week come for the very first time. So a week ago today, 
and they filled out a communication card and signed up to volunteer and did so yesterday here at Landscape Day at the church to help make the church look nice. And what you often find is that when you connect and you begin to volunteer and serve, it leaves you with a feeling that you're doing something worthwhile, that you're doing something that you know really matters. Well, the Browns are so excited about what is happening in their lives and what is happening at their church. So they decide, they have some neighbors that they've met and they've gotten to know and they aren't going to church anywhere. So they decide it's a year later now and as Easter Sunday rolls around, they're going to invite this family to church. We're going to call them the Nelson family. So when Easter does come, right before Easter, the Nelson family has three kids and they invite them to come. I want you to hear from someone, and again, this is a real-life story of someone who attends the Ridge, who has personally experienced what we're talking about this morning. Here's the way it goes. Here's their story. My path has not always been straight by any means. I've made some very poor decisions, so quite literally, I thank God for grace. I want to share with you, though, what the Ridge and the vision of the Ridge means to me. I know that the vision of the Ridge connects with a lot of different people, people who don't like church or people who've had a bad experience in church or who've given up on church. I invited one of my friends to visit one Sunday. Then she came back for another series as well, and she's liking it. She's in her 20s, and while I couldn't invite her to all churches, the vision of the Ridge creates a place that shares the biblical message. It's just packaged differently. I feel at ease inviting her, and she feels comfortable as well. She has, in turn, been inviting one of her friends to come. Last week, she told me that she was talking to the friend about the Ridge. From what I gathered, her friend was someone who had given up on church or had a bad experience with church. But because the Ridge is different, it inspired my friend to tell her about the Ridge, and she invited her. I know at times it's been a rough road for the Ridge to step outside the box, but I want to keep encouraging you that that was so much the right decision. This church has made a significant difference in my life simply by giving me a place to grow and to feel that grace, and the ripple ripple effects are amazing. That's a great story, isn't it? And that's why we do what we do. We want to be able to remove all barriers so that people can take their next steps with Jesus. You know, because honestly, I don't care that much about being a big church. I don't care that we're a cool church. I don't care that we're a new-looking church. What gets me up in the morning is seeing our friends take their next steps with Jesus. Why? Because we, many of us have taken our next steps with Jesus, and we know what a difference that makes in our lives. We know how that has changed our lives as well. You see these silhouettes, all of these that you see up here, um, represent our friends. Well, maybe with the exception of Josh and James and Adam, they're pastors here at the church. Um, They're good-looking guys, but they don't have too many friends, so don't worry about that. No, seriously, seriously. Um, These are all people that represent our friends, people that we care about, people that we want to experience the same thing that we're experiencing in our relationship with Jesus. And so that's why we do what we do. And if you're a guest here today, 
Um, we love the fact that you're here so you get to see what kind of church we are and why we do what we do as a church. In fact, if you have never taken that opportunity to invite Jesus into your life, to accept what he has done for you, that he died to pay for your sins, and he extends you forgiveness for everything you've ever done in your life, you can take that step this morning too. That would be your next step if you've never done that. I'm going to close in prayer in a minute. If you would like to do that, you can just tell Jesus that, um, that you want to accept what he's done for you by dying for you, and by faith you want to put your trust in what he's done for you and surrender your life to him. Now next weekend is Easter weekend, and we'll have Saturday services, like we said, at 6 o'clock. We'll add that service, and we'll have our two, two normal times on Sunday at 9.30 and 11. We would love for you to invite your friends who normally don't go to church because it's the best weekend of the year to do so. And we, will, we are committed to praying for your friends and to planning our Easter services with your friends in mind so they too can experience the experience we have of having a relationship with Jesus.